0: everyone welcome to day 14 of the 31 days of dread, a dream warriors podcast annual event hosted by me peter a deluca i will be walking you through a journey of all types of horror movies right now we're on a little bit of a run baby run little steps of action horror movies there's not many of them but this one this one's the very best so let's go through that intro, and I'll be right back. So, look, <laughs> it's it's no mystery. If you saw the thumbnail, if you read the headline, it is Blade 2. Shocking. Shockingly, when I was researching action horror movies, we do not have many. There's just not a lot out there. So it, it magnified Blade Two in my mind even more when I kind of went down this rabbit hole that was uh, started from Vane Housing, uh, and Vane Housing <laughs> was a response to one of my own comments uh, during the Wolfmane, If you go back two episodes, and the, uh, the 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 comment in the wolfman that led to Vane Housing was that I said that. that, that I felt like that there was no collective reboot of the Universal Monsters, or and I'm using reboot by today's terms, but the, um, what but what I really meant was that there was no collective um, return of the Universal Monsters, and then later that night I remembered, you guessed it, Van Helsing and I just I had it. Luckily, it was available on Netflix. Also, Blade Two available on Netflix. Thank you, Netflix. Uh, I just had to sit down, watch it, and, and do an episode, and that got, uh, that started a different tangent, wasn't a comic book, wasn't a Blade tangent, it was, jeez, it's like, how many, like, horror action movies are really out there, and if you, if you take out um, Resident Evil, if you take out Underworld, uh, you, you can kind of even play so far, like, uh, you know, referencing it yet again, Monster Squad, Uh, I'm not sure what we have Uh, outside the the Blade movies and Vane Helsing. We do not have a lot. I went through a, um, I started to to search uh, top, um, you know, top action horror movies. (laughs) And I got, you know, I got like a top 25 list. It might have been like a Rotten Tomatoes or IMDB list. And it, it it was just surprising. It um yeah, you know, like we can even I'll do the search right now as I'm talking. Top twenty five horror action movies. Okay, and I will I will start to go through that list. Yeah, it, it was an IMDb list from 2016. Uh, we have we have Blade Two, Hellboy Two, Dog Soldiers. Uh, that's that's on my list also. Dust Till Dawn, WWZ, Plane of Terror. They put Dawn of the Dead there. I, I kind of wouldn't. Um, Solomon Kane, Sharknado. Like, you guys can see the thread. Uh, there's really not much here. Some of these um, technically, like, they're technically action. And I guess I would put Vane Helsing also. But Vein Housing really doesn't try to be scary. It just has scary elements. But they have Dracula uh, Untold. AVP and like that's that's almost it so the the action horror genre is really um, like sparse uh, it's it's maybe the most uh, underdeveloped franchise uh, type or genre type or inner genre type uh, in cinema right now there are just strictly not enough horror action movies uh, maybe we could put R.I.P.D. also with the uh, <laughs> with Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges, maybe that would classify. But we really, it's even evident that if we have to stretch into concepts and into ideas and start to reclassify movies that are already potentially classified, uh, it would be, uh, you know, like it's it's it, it, it it's telling. It's telling of, you know. What, what we're doing here, which is I think we're, we're uncovering something special. Again, man, it, 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 the streak hurts. But yeah, yeah. Dream Warriors is bringing you a, another original thought. Everyone with me, clap. Let's get to it. But So why are we talking about Blade 2 and not Blade 1? Okay, what do I prefer? Well, I think the younger Peter always preferred Blade, the original. The nineteen ninety eight movie that I'm pretty sure it was. I always thought that was a ninety nine movie, but it looks like it was released nineteen ninety eight, and Blade Two, the follow up, uh, four years later, two thousand and two. Took them four years to develop Blade Two, and then took them two to develop Blade Trinity. Uh, I am waiting for some time to burn over Blade Trinity because as much as I want to like that movie every time I watch it it does not have like a Van Housing effect where every time I watch it there's just something new for me to latch on to and like and love uh Blade 2 because it, bla- it plays is it so serious uh it is frustrating because you're supposed to be taking that movie serious at all times again a movie like *Bane Housing* that doesn't take itself seriously—you just have you strictly—it's there just to have—it's—it's it's almost like a sex bot. It's there just to have fun, boy, and you know what to do. Uh, yeah, and that's probably where our future is going. It's going to be sex bot brothel brothels because holy crap! I'm going on a tangent right now. Uh, <laughs> break away. Uh, it just got me thinking. Uh, this past weekend, Look, uh, I am right now three days behind the 31 days of dread, and the reasons for this is that uh, Mark and I, Mark and I reconnected. Okay, uh, he's who I call business Mark, uh, or Mark Toys R Us, as he is in my phone. Uh, we reconnected this weekend. Yeah, you know, didn't miss a beat, which I was expecting. Uh, I've, I've given him some tough love recently since last November, uh because he he's battling some things with his uh his divorce. His his divorce now is maybe four years. My my singlehood is we're hitting three years soon. How about that girls? You like you like a single Peter running around Philadelphia, Philadelphia, looking for you? <laughs> Arr, no no <laughs> so uh yeah we were kind of like in somewhat uh you know our singlehood is somewhat congruent parallel so we went to retrocon and um uh, mark is so um he's so into dating he he actually loves probably loves dating more than myself I look at it more of. Uh, I look at dating as a um, definition and exploration of me, Peter A. DeLuca, your boy, uh, and he he goes into dating uh, at, for patchwork to um, you know kind of make himself feel better. And anyone that does this. Uh, you know, in in any other way. Meaning, if this is what you did uh, when you go to the gym, or that was your attitude to make yourself feel better. Uh, eating to make yourself feel better. Uh, even going to school to make yourself feel better. Uh, we're, we're, you know, like we're dealing with someone of a fractured psyche. I could elaborate, but, uh, you know, this is not a psychological podcast. This is Dream Warriors podcast. The 31 Days of Dread. So, um, but during this time, he, uh, he 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 managed to get catfished while we were at the convention. We were at RetroCon. We had an amazing time. If you find me on Facebook, uh, Peter A. DeLuca, you can see my photo album. And we had a lot of f- fun. We saw Sauvotronic Uh I attempted to drink. We drank about 20 beers. By myself, I, bought, I brought down the PBR cube. I, I later found out that Mark does not really drink a lot of alcohol. Uh, which is kind of like, but he's always asking me out for a beer. So I, what's that all about? Uh, and then why why drink just one? Because I really think that's what he meant all those times. He just meant one beer. The hell's that? And he goes to a lot of concerts. How how do you go? Mark, you got to come here so we can really talk about you. I think Dream Warriors 100 might be the the Mark episode. Ah, okay. So I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Calm down, Peter. Calm down. Okay. This is why sex robot brothels are going to take over because we got guys like Mark out there. That's the point I was getting at. Because he really spun my head when he got... He literally got catfished at the convention from a girl on Tinder. And he doesn't drink a lot of alcohol. And um, well then, I'm not sure what we're really doing now. I I did manage to spend $15 on action figures for my desk. You can monitor the updates of my superhero wall... Uh, super villain wall at my work desk, uh, at AKA pad 13 on Instagram, there are color, it's color, co- it's a color coordinated super villain stack, which is amazing, but yeah, so, and I spent all the $15 on comics to flip, that is right, and I got like, a, I got like a really good stack, and anyone out there that, that believes you cannot find things at a convention to flip, you're not doing your job. You're just not looking. You're not trying hard enough. You're just not trying. But, yeah, so, I mean, enough of a stack to, to pay for the trip. Not not really, uh, you know, to to take care of, like, some of the, exp- probably the expenses. So I, I probably still had to pay for the hotel room, you know, but I think the my time there is paid for by the stack. And, and I just sold, I just sold, uh, a, you know, my first chunk of it. Tonight, so watch, watch was fantastic. But yeah, and then before we proceed into more belay to talk, I'm coming to you from the Dream Warrior Studio, drinking iced pumpkin spice coffee. Oh, and it's good. It's nice and icy, and I'm just going to take a swig of it right now. You, uh, everyone out there, you, you guys are going to hear me. Oh my god. That feels so good. But, yeah. Blade 2. So, Blade 1. I think that this is how I got on the sex tangent. (laughs) The sex comment. Blade 1, directed by Stephen Noringham, is pure sex. That movie has an edge. It has a, uh, you know, like a 1%. Like a South SoCal Southern California type of atmosphere the the lounging the the, the models the good-looking people that's a lot of blade period the, the, the movie was driven by sex with a wonderful spin on the vampire mythos and it, it it forever will be duplicated from blade okay so blade 1998 is literally might be the most influential work of vampire vampire fiction ever now that's not saying twilight wasn't influential but twilight isn't expansive as blade is you can add the elements of blade into nearly every single genre uh, you know i'm not 100 percent familiar with the twilight stuff but i'm not really actually interested in it either but i would love to to watch those movies and talk to talk to everyone about it, I really would not for the Thirty One Days of Dread though. But I will get, I will hundred percent give the, all of those movies a full chance. because I know they go into their own vampire mythology that I'm, I am curious about. But I would really say, from what I see, it's bleed. Okay, um, at the time, you know, it, everything was black trench coat superheroes because the next year we had The Matrix. And I always wanted Blade <laughs> and, and, and the guys from the Matrix to do like a mashup because they just look like they, they just fit together. And kind of uh, how they manipulate the reality to jump around and go in slow-mo in the Matrix, it already mimics some of Blade's powers. So, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Blade could be powered equal to Neo, Trinity, and Morpheus in the uh, Matrix universe. Uh but yeah, so anyway, uh, that that is fan fiction there, but I'm, look, I'm looking forward to someone doing that. Please, someone do that. Let's do a, a Blade Matrix ma- ma- uh, mashup, mashup, if I can talk. If, oh. Okay, so I remember seeing Blade. I saw Blade with my buddy Joe. He, Joe, was black, even though he was mixed. Right? I believe he had a white father. That kind of disappeared, but Joe was black. He he grew up in in the legendary, uh, Brittany Woods in New Jersey. I'm pretty sure that's still on uh, Urban Dictionary. Britney Woods was almost like uh, where I was from, like a it, a it, it Camden version, like it, it was an offspring of Camden, New Jersey. Uh, that's how like bad it was, and you just did not want to go there if someone lived there you were like upset that you would have to go see them after school to hang out like you know it just wasn't fun but the point i'm getting at is that uh you know joe joe and i were were close we uh you know he he really was one of my friends and joe was great because he was just kind of like a guy like a goofy guy he always seemed good with talking with people talking with girls uh definitely like had a body we both played soccer uh you know i think he was with me during my last soccer tryout uh which i i scored uh as defense i scored as defense didn't make the team and you know that's re- regrettably, that's where i get, that's how i gave up soccer but uh joe joe was with me during that joe and i reconnected uh here in philly uh, maybe about like 5 years ago and you know we're we're back on another stretch of uh, you know just living life and being away from one another so you know Inevitably catching up once again, you know. And I love those types of catch ups, but yeah. So Joe drags me to a black movie, and I'm just—it's like I roll. Um, it's like Joe, fine, you know. So we we end up in Blade. Blade at that point was not even close to my radar. Like it just wasn't a movie that I wanted to spend time in because I I was a cinephile back then before cinephile became a thing, and Blade was beneath me. And that was like maybe the first movie that opened my eyes to what filmmaking was, to film construction, to what you can do with ideas and, and, and how exciting can you make things. And, and if you really took time to develop an angle and world building was not referenced, was not a term back then, but if you could world build it within your story, you develop something that is strictly Star Wars level unique. This is Blade. Blade, the first Blade, is equal to Star Wars when it comes to world building. I know I, I, I'm sh- I'm shocking all of you. I am I'm hitting you all over the head with craziness. But yes, this is true. <laughs> so when it comes to my surprise, Blade actually became. Uh, my first DVD. How about that? Yeah, I, I'm I'm th- I was thinking of the uh, the the studio that that made Blade, and uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Uh, new Line Cinema, right? The offshoot of Warner Brothers. So the the New New Line Cinema was actually on top of the DVD game too. At one point, they were like the first with commentaries, and they had regular films. I remember like the Lost in Space. DVD had a lot to it. And these are the early days of DVD collecting, but it was a collapsible, uh, clickable, uh, like, cardboard package. It just clicked together. Uh, yeah, so, you yeah, know, the, the Blade 1 and 2, very impactful, because I was there for Blade 2 in, in 2002. Uh, at this point, David S. Goyer uh, had emerged in my mind as one of the best uh, scriptwriters writers. Ever So, you know, like, when he later did work with Batman, you know, Batman Begins, you know, like, David Escorger was 100% on my radar. Uh, I'm not really sure what happened with Trinity, the third Blade, the 2004 movie, Um, because he did write and direct that. And, you know, kind of part of of a trend of screenwriters writing and directing and not... um, you know, not really carrying over. I think I think Joe Esterhaz wha- is like the best uh, screenwriter to become director. Uh, even guys who I adore, like Kevin Williamson, the genius behind the screen franchise, uh, who also has a show coming out on NBC. Um, it's like a Grim Fairy Tales type of update. Uh, but Network Television has another one of his shows. Kevin Williamson is also the super genius behind Dawson's Creek. But Kevin Williamson... Uh, teaching Miss Tingle complete kind of uh, didn't come over. I don't know if screenwriting translates to film directing. I really don't. It seems like it would. Same as like, uh, you know, how does a offensive coordinator in football not always be a great head coach? Uh, you know, great offensive coordinators do not become great head coaches for probably like similar reasons. But yeah, so... Blade 2 is directed by Guillermo del Toro, the current Oscar winner of uh, The Shape of Water. I, I have yet to see. I, I'm nearly on refusal level to see that movie because what is he doing winning an Oscar? This is the guy who directs Pacific Rim, who makes Payne's Labyrinth, Blade 2. He's he's Hellboy 1 and 2. The, the guy's a, he's, he's a monster dude. He likes monsters. He's good with action. He's good with world building. Um, I don't know what he was like. What is that? that? That's almost like part of the fall of the Academy Awards. So what's the plot for Blade 2? So the plot for Blade 2. I remember reading one time that the, the, the Blade franchise had this original arc. Which was, uh, it was going to be, part one was going to be Blade versus vampires. Part two was going to be Blade versus humans. And the, the part three was going to be Blade versus everyone, meaning they we're going to do like a Omega Man and Blades like the last one left on Earth, and everyone's like a vampire. Uh, that you know, part two and part three of that blew my mind because they they did it with, with Blade one. So Blade ends with what you would believe is the death of Whistler. Blade two begins with the the resurrection, we'll call it the rescue of Whistler, who is held captive. By the vampires In all of blade two is a ruse to get to blade and to kill a, a a new breed vampire that's taken over the ranks and and it's actually a it, it's it's a heck of a plot because we have the end of a few storylines that happened off screen okay so it's the the end of storyline one is the blood pack the vampires have been training a group of vampire mercenaries, okay, or we'll call them mercenaries, uh, to take on Blade. And they're called the Blood Pack. And I love every single one of these guys, they're so freaking cool. Uh, you know, I was, I was quizzing Mark on this while we were uh, on uh, on our little RetroCon uh, break. Um, <laughs> I was quizzing him on if he could name anyone in the Blood Pack. And if he could name people in the blood pack, how many can, can he name? I was very rusty, but I, I got four of them. Even though I did call Donnie Yoon a snowman uh, and not ice, I called him Iceman and not snowman. Okay, but anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's real geek. That's like drilling deep down into the, the geek well there. But no. So the vampires develop a new type of virus. This virus now when it it, it transmutates humans into a vampire feeding fanatic that needs vampire blood, uh like they compare it to a crackhead. It it cannot slow down. So the, the vampires view their own extinction just by numbers alone, okay? Very quickly and they recruit blade to help them. Now part two of that plan is to is to get blade into the vampire to lure them in so the vampires can hijack the blood of Blade while killing their threat. Okay, so (laughs) there we go. So we have, uh, (laughs) Reapers are called, so we have mutant vampire, Reapers, Blade, humans, and vampires. And this movie is a little less on, on the humans, but we have this dynamic, okay? Blade has a new weapons guy his name is uh scud or stud i think it's scud uh great performance it's done by the the one dude from um uh walking dead and, and i forget his name i because i don't really um i don't really watch walking dead i know that's that's probably a surprise to a lot of you but so who else is making blade Two? we got guillermo del toro who is one of the best. We got Written by David S. Gorder. We got Starring Wesley Snipes. We have a wonderful soundtrack. The Eye Against Eye. With Massive Attack. And I think uh, Most Def. Is one of my favorite songs. Uh, you know in all movie soundtracks. But then we have a superstar. We have Gabriel Bernstein. He's a cinematographer. Now. he This movie has a look. Okay. It has look that is con- contrasting hues meaning we have like oranges mashing up with with blues we have solid colors we it is well shot in darkness it is a wonderfully lit movie and it moves through different phases meaning it kind of even gets like office like an industrial you know when we go to the vampires like super headquarters um you know and the 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 elder vampire angle for this is just fantastic because the the little touches you see on um you know like how deep the vampire history goes it's just awesome so gabriel went into the marvel movies and and he's behind iron man he's behind guardians of the galaxy so if you're into the marvel movies uh um so not Gabriel yeah Gabriel Gabriel Bernstein is one of the guys you have to you just have to know about you have to be aware uh look him up uh he's done a million movies but he is Marvel Cinematic Universe heavy which is kind of cool because Blade is a Marvel comic book character uh quick shout out to Marvel Wolfman and Gene Colan these are your creators um should they have had triple cameos in each movie Uh, yes should they have been given producer credit yes not stane lee but these guys even back then stane lee was what had his tentacles in marvel productions uh blasphemous so you know blade kind of goes on this journey he learns to trust vampires through this one girl he he learns um you know to almost like it, they when they try and double cross and blade double double crosses them great scene with ron perlman uh the uh, wonderful fight scenes uh th- th- this is one like uh if you saw this you know you would predict that del toro would go into a full science fiction like super action kind of path and he didn't and it's it's interesting because the action in blade 2 is fantastic. Uh, it's it, it's a 55 million dollar movie that ended up making 155 so Bravo okay so again blade 2 over blade is because we were already kind of established with the characters and they're pushing the concepts further they push blades abilities and what he can do further they introduced um, Tibet th- 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 uh, Phil Tippett's uh, special effects. He's he's kind coming from the, uh, the the school of Star Wars. His they did uh, they were called digital stuntmen. This was one of the first movies I remember reading about digital stuntmen on. Um, so at sometimes like in the beginning, some of the action is, uh, of these it seems rubbery, but if you watch the blending of that in the final fight, okay. With the digital stuntman. And, you know, uh, Blades fight with the, the Reaper. Uh, you know, the, the lace Reaper, I forget his name. Um, what, where, where, where the heck his name is. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't really write down the, the, the names of, of these guys. sometimes, <laughs> it's like Maybe I should. But no, uh, you know, in Blades' final fight, the, the digital stunt work blends way more, um, you know, like uh, true to life and it blends in a way that it, it adds to the fight scene and it, it 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 allows camera movements so we're talking dolly shots we're talking zooms and and the, this is how some of those scenes were stacked we're talking 98 here and it, i literally think outside the rubberness it all works it all adds up the the rubberness Does not kind of... I don't think it takes away from the movie at all. It's just something you're like... Oh, okay. That that just looked a little weird. But then you're moving on. And so... Blade uh, has like a couple rounds of uh, doing your your stormtrooper. He's fighting these guys dressed in black. They're soldiers okay, they're they're kibbles and bits for Blade to go through, and he goes through like two rounds of like taking out like a room full of these guys, Um, all really like well done, well shot, one of them ending in a suplex, hell yeah, Uh, like you don't get any cooler than that, you don't get any cooler than the entire fight scene ending with a suplex, Um, you know, Ron Perlman, his character is so dead on, such an interesting character, um, he's played by Reinhardt. I know his name because I know the blood pack. So, and, you know, we do have Blade kind of potentially, like, falling in love and, like, honoring uh, the life of a vampire. And uh, Lisa, I think, is is the girl. Like, she goes through a turn in this movie. And there was a lot of elements that, that I kind of forgot as, 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 I, as I was watching this. So, again, like, parts of it I was watching for the first time um like she does a self-sacrifice in this movie that I that was strictly based on like balls and principle and that is it like she she realized that her world was a game and she didn't want to live in it you know like she she was living for truth and honor and the, the vampire nation so to speak and that nation turned on her in the movie and Blade was her only ally and Blade cannot be an ally. And she literally went through this transformation in the movie. And it's very touching at the end. It's, um, it's the same ending as Black Panther. Okay. Keep that in mind. <laughs> this movie did 20 years before Black Panther, though. Uh, yeah, same ending as Black Panther. But this is 100 times more impactful and better. I believe it is. Because it, 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 it had no setup. Okay. Uh, it, you know so i don't know blade 2 i just love i love the soundtrack i love the look of the movie i love the uh, design there's there's definitely uh you know del toro designs in the reapers um you know it carries everything from the first movie over Uh, and in the first couple minutes it it does like a uh, hey uh we we want to bring whistler back because the first movie was a hit and they they just do it and they go with it uh you know again balls bravo yeah so um you know we get blade doing action on the motorcycle one of the coolest parts of this movie is in the beginning he um he wire kills a vampire while on the back of a motorcycle like he's on he's 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 riding bitch on this motorcycle, he wire kills a vampire, the vampire evaporates, you know, and burns away, and he takes over the motorcycle <laughs> and saves his car, it's like the coolest freaking part, you know, of of that scene, but yeah, but it doesn't shy away from, the. it expands on the vampire universe, it doesn't shy away from what the first movie set up, and it takes it further, and we see more of it. And it definitely has music. It has an attitude. It it, it has a look. And they even like the blood pack armors up uh, in their second run. They kind of have like an Aliens moment twice in this where they get taken out. It takes them two rounds to get taken out. Uh, just like in, in Aliens. Um, but Aliens just that scene in Aliens had zero exposition uh, required for that scene so you can kind of compare when when the everyone goes to what's called the house of pain this is vampire torture feeding club uh you can compare that scene to aliens when the marines first encounter the aliens of course and the the marines get their butts handed to them this is very much the same exact scene but there's exposition required in the scene and there's a uh, discovery of weaknesses within the enemy and exposition while blade fights the reaper guy because we set some of that up uh it's a different scene it's way longer it's it's less impactful as of us feeling bad for the um you know like we 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 hurt with our heroes when we go through a scene like that because we literally see their power stricken from them uh yeah, I mean it is it, it it's intent versus intent when when we compare those two scenes. That's all. If you guys are, I I speak about intent a lot. If you want to see a comparison of intent versus intent, it's it's Blade Two, House of Pain versus the Marines landing, uh, scene in Aliens. But yeah, look, everyone, I gotta go. I gotta go. It's but I love you. I love you all very deeply. And thanks for supporting me. Uh, Thirty-one days of dread is surging on, on a couple of the networks. Like really popping. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, subscribe. Leave good comments. Leave good f- good feedback. Give us five stars on any network, I- I- especially iTunes. Keep the conversation going. I am out here. I am listening. Uh, any comments. You can you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. It's all aka pad or aka pad thirteen, and do something, do something unexpected today. And by this, I mean I I told you to to maybe find it something new to drink not too long ago. But hit that chip aisle, buy a random flavor of chips you think you're going to hate. Just give it a shot. What do you have to lose? Spend spend a dollar fifty, get a bag of chips, and if you don't like sour cream and onion. I think I saw sour cream, onion, and, and bacon the other day. That sounded good. But yeah, just give it a shot. And do that. Until then, until the next day of the dread. Because <laughs> I'll tease it. I discovered a new genre. Like a, a new genre within horror. And oh my god, it's more like a psychological one. And it's, it's going to end with a movie everyone hates. But it's going to begin with one of the ones i just watched and uh, i'm looking super forward to that so hey everyone rock and roll and let's do this dream warriors out